Uh, hey, this is Louis Tanahara from Tanahara Design. I'm on the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. All right, Ooh. welcome to the next, the newest episode, episode number, what is it, 14, Chris? Yeah, I think we're at 14 right now. Right, and today we got a Hall of Famer on, on, on the show. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Welcome, welcome, Louis Tanahara of Tanahara Design. What's up, Louis? How's it, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Thank thanks you. for having me. Thank you for, yeah, thanks, uh, for thanks for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on, man, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on the no, show. No, it's cool, man. You guys are cool. Chris is a good friend, so. So you're uh, you're on uh, you're stuck on the ten freeway, huh? Is that the deal? I actually, actually, right now I'm trucking along at eighty miles an hour. So I know once I get into the uh, San Gabriel Valley, it's gonna tighten up. Yeah, the ten freeway as for people out of out of state, the ten freeway is like LA's longest traffic jam, right? Oh, and I, yeah, I just see it coming up too. I'm I'm gonna tighten up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, because you can go all the way from. Uh, out, out in the uh, Inland Empire, well, I, obviously you go out of state on the thing, but you know the traffic doesn't stop from Inland Empire all the way to the ocean. Yeah, I mean, especially at this hour, you know, it's crazy. So what's going on? Yeah, man? you know, it, it's been a while. I mean, I think that uh, it's been a while since I've seen you and since we've talked in in depth about stuff. Uh, what yeah, you- I don't really hang out at the shows. I don't do a lot of the shows anymore. The toy business keeps me pretty busy, so. Uh, it's a whole other animal, um, and then now you know I'm in the valley, so it, I don't get out to Orange County a whole lot. Uh, Inland Empire, I don't get out too much, and I stay pretty busy. So you know, thankfully we have uh, the internet, so I'm able to stay connected. Yeah, man. Well, you you moved away from uh, us in Whittier, right, out to the valley. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's the work was in El Segundo for me for a little while, and then I went back to uh, City of Industry for a while, and then now I'm in the Valley, uh, San Fernando Valley. That's cool. How do you how do you like it there? Um, the food's good. Too many people. <laughs> well, that's everywhere, man. But that's everywhere. Yeah. Right. I say yeah. that about it, I, no matter whatever city you're in in Orange County, LA County. There's too many people. Yeah. So but what, it's cool. I mean, you know, California is California. This is where it's at. So. Oh yeah, dude. This is. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. As much as uh, we got too many people and too many other problems going on, we got a lot. Of the you know, a lot of cool stuff happens here. So what are you? Uh, yeah. So are you? You working for a company right now? You're free, freelancing. What are you doing? I was freelancing for a while for different toy manufacturers, and then uh, MGA picked me up. They wanted to get into vehicles a little bit more so i guess my name popped up and i got a phone call nice now yeah yeah mga refresh my memory what have they worked on in the past the toy wise um their biggest claim to fame are the brats dolls i guess the barbie competitor that you know kind of stirred the pot a little bit yeah with the uh kind of um i guess more mature faces and whatnot okay and uh, yeah, yeah they, no, they killed I'm, it with the, with the brat dolls. I'm familiar with that stuff. And they also uh, they're the parent company to Little Tykes. Little Tykes, you know, we all Little Tykes. Oh yeah, that company's been around a long time. Yeah, they're based out of uh, Hudson, Ohio, and uh, MGA picked them up back in about 2005. Nice. Yeah, so um, yeah, I get to work on a lot of that kind of stuff, like Cozy Coop and 
slamming racers, a lot of that kind of cool stuff. I mean, stuff you'd never think of me working on, but someone's got to do it. No, that sounds like it sounds like you can do some pretty cool stuff. You know, I mean, just kind of different, right? Not yeah, just, I definitely just, try to push the envelope. Not just uh, now um, the stuff you're working on. I mean, if you can talk about it, is automotive stuff. Yes. Nice. I know you got some stuff yeah, that that's, is, that's uh, under wraps that we can't talk about, but that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah I have a new line coming out next year. Um, I can't really talk about it too much, but... Yeah, no worries. It should be pretty good. It'll be at uh, major retailers, Target, Walmart, so forth. Dude, exci- exci- exciting. Yeah, it's fun. You know, um, you know, I admire what Chip Foose does and a lot of the other big designers. Um, I guess where I found my niche is you know, I try to get them young. So if I can show them a custom car, you know, when they're three, four, five years old, you know, it kind of hopefully steers them in the direction of, hey, well, when I get older, I want to build that. Well, I, I feel like all of us who are car car guys, um, we all started with Hot Wheels, Matchbox, right? Yeah, likewise, me too. Yeah, yeah me I too. mean, that's kind of your, your first obsession with cars is collecting those things, you know. But then they just, as you get older, the cars get bigger and they get more expensive, you know. Yeah, I had an aunt that used to work at the City of Industry Distribution Center. And when I was young, she would always bring me little Hot Wheels. And so that's how I got the bugs. Nice. Yeah. Well, with, with uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about that, about the toys, Right the other day, I was uh, I forget what what I what I was what I was holding on to, but I just remember like toys going through an area because it seems like there's different levels of toys now as far as I mean it kind of always has been, but um, I remember like the first you remember Voltron, oh yeah, I remember all that stuff yeah. through that, that was like those things were die cast and they were heavy and that was like it, they were expensive back then. I think the 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 lion version of Voltron. Um, was that was like a hundred bucks back yeah. in the eighties? Yeah, that was you know the, the high end collectible stuff. You know the Japanese uh, anime based product. That stuff can get pretty pricey. Yeah, we used to go to the Rhodium Swap Meet, and that's the only place they had the Japanese the the, the diecast. The, oh the five, yeah, t- oh man, five tigers. The Rhodium. He had to go. I used to be the airbrush guy at the Rhodium. Oh really? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, man. This was way back in the day. Yeah, dude. My brother Greg used to go like probably in the in the early nineties. Go to the rodium. Was yeah, it every was right it every of, Thursday? That's right around when yeah, I was there. I think so, yeah. When was it Thursday? Was it Thursdays? It was one of I forget what days the rodium. Well they definitely on. had Saturday swap meets. Yeah. Yeah, I was there on the weekends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, but that but place. You, that place would go off, man. That dude, place was popping. That was a huge deal back then. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that you could get yeah. the rhodium that you couldn't get anywhere else. True. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Now things have changed. Yeah. That. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, now you got Amazon. You got eBay. So it's you know. Yeah. Well, I remember there used no to be. No one really wants to go anywhere. There used to be specific toy stores in the mall that that, that yeah. focus on KB toys. KB toys, but then there's some of the other yeah. ones that focused on more of the the role playing games. And they would stock the, yeah, the there, models. Yeah, there's still a couple of those, but um, you know they're they're kind of slowly moving away. Well, like you, know, you again, said, a it, lot of the stuff is internet based. Yeah, and and is there still levels of the toys, right? I mean, you still got your just cheap old plastic toys, right? But you still got, you know. Yeah, I'm, what I've learned in the business is you have what's called your entry level price point, and that's anything under ten bucks. Okay. Um, 
then you have your they have different tiers for the retailers for example uh 99 cent store dollar general those what they call the discount stores that's one tier then you have your big lots tj maxx marshall's uh you know other stores in that kind of price range and that's your mid-tier stores and then you got your your big stores the targets the walmarts Kohl's, and that was all stuff that was like new to me when i got in the business it was a trip kind of really broke it all down and really opened my eyes well let's take it back you know because i mean i'm i think i met you around around 2000 or so you had done a few renderings for my dad i think that's yeah that's that's so let's 1998, 99, 2000 was when I was working with your dad. Yeah, and and um, and that was yeah, there was 99, 2000, right? Is that what you just mm-hmm. said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90, like the tail end of 98, 99, and then 2000. Yep, because I remember uh, you for a short bit of time when we were over, because I had just come back to work for my dad, and he was over at the Robbie Gordon shop over there. Yeah, that's where I started working. Um, you guys were in. Uh, the wheel shop, and I don't remember if that was Stanton. That, that was, was a wheel shop. Uh, yeah, the wheel shop was in Stanton, and then they moved over to Anaheim off east, um, and we were there okay. until 2001, and then they uh, consolidated everything. We moved to La Habra. Okay, yeah, then after the – well, I guess when I first started working with Junior on some, like, brochure stuff, then that's when your dad said, hey, let's bring him over to the to Robbie Gordon's shop, to the new shop. Yeah, and so that's when I was working there, and that was that was cool, man. Yeah, you know, you did. Um, I think the 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 one rendering that keeps popping up in my mind is that uh, God, what color would you call it? mint green? Uh, Chevy. Oh, the Navigator. No, the Chevy. Uh, it was chopped. That it, it ended up getting built. Uh, a Chuck Prentice up at Aftermarket Wholesale ended up building it. Oh yeah, the Silverado. The Silverado. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That thing yeah, that was, was um, something wholesale, something right. Aftermarket wholesale. Yeah. Okay. They were they were a distributor of ours, um, and that was yeah ninety nine two thousand, right in there. Okay. Yeah. And I forget when that when that when that truck got built, but I think it got built around two thousand three, two thousand three yeah. two thousand four. Yeah. Um. I don't quite remember, but I think uh, initially I designed it with a chop, and I don't know if they put the chop into it. Yeah, I, th- I think they did because I know they had they had trouble getting glass for it. Got it. Yeah, no, that was definitely that was cool. I mean, that that those were cool times because you worked on a couple catalogs then, right? At that point. Yes. Yeah, that's mainly what I was doing initially. Um, was the print work? You know, touching up photos of the wheels, putting together catalogs, posters. Uh, that's what I was using the illustrations for. So, what was your background? Wait, what can? How did you in get to that point? That's when I met you. Um, well, prior to that, I was in the shirt business, uh, silk screen T-shirts. You know, doing uh, car show T-shirts and shirts for different, like uh, you know, wheel shops, tin shops, those kinds of places. Uh, doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And then prior to that, I was airbrushing for the RG Canning Circuit. Okay. And that was that was where I really kind of uh, owned my skills. I was just airbrushing, 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 like lowrider shows, RG Canning shows, the Rodian swap meet. It was nonstop. Yeah, and the RG Canning, uh, they're 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 still the ones that do the Rose Bowl swap meet. 
right? Yes, yes. Cool swap meet, by the way, if you have it. You yeah, know. I used to airbrush there, too. Yeah, that's cool. My brother Greg goes and sells there all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool because, I mean, I grew up across the street from Cypress Swap Meet. Uh, and Cypress mm-hmm. Swap Meet is, was a fr- is, was, is a free flea market swap meet. But I remember RG right Canning had it all dialed in. Yeah. If you wanted to get in at 6.30 in the morning, it was like 35 bucks. You want to get in at yeah. 7.30, it's 25 And then as later it goes on, it's the cheaper it is. Yeah, um, definitely. yeah when I was airbrushing, um, I was doing the uh, Pomona swap meet as well. So when you're saying airbrushing, you're doing shirts, hats, all that stuff? T-shirts, murals on cars, signs, back windows, a lot of that kind of stuff. So you, do you still mess around with airbrushing? You know what? Um, I've been itching to do it. I bought my daughter an airbrush, trying to teach her how to airbrush. Just to, you know, say, hey, this put me through school. This paid for a lot of things. So I think it's something you should learn. Nice. How old's your daughter? 13. Nice. Yeah, that's a good age. Yeah, my, my daughter's 13. She'll be 14 on Monday. Nice. Yeah, I figured we got to teach them something, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. They got to have some kind of skills other than... Uh, Learning how to play a YouTube video. Uh, yeah, no, my, exactly. my daughter's eight, and she draws pretty much every night, and it's it's awesome because, you know, I'm a graphic designer right too, so, um, you know, it's just really cool to see that she's picking up on something like that, you know, because that is a skill. Like, even if it doesn't, oh, yeah. it's still a fun skill yeah, to I, have. Yeah, I, I kind of mess with her. I mess with her a lot. I tell her, hey, you know, once you're better than I am, then you got something. You know, I have <laughs> Yeah, right? I then, mean, I can, then I can retire. For go. sure, let her take care of the, the all the business. Yeah, it's good to exp- yeah, it, it's good to expose these kids to creative stuff. You know, I mean, Absolutely. It, I, I think it's I think it's important for for kids to be involved in sports. Uh, they got to do good in school, and you know what? Give them some kind of creative out uh, outlet. Absolutely, right? Airbrushing that'd be cool. I mean, I've never yeah. Met- I'm just trying to teach her some entrepreneurship. You know, um, it hit me pretty easy, pretty young. Um, back in junior high school. Um, you know, I used to just draw in peachy folders all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, a buddy of mine had asked me, "Hey, you know, can you can you write my name for me?" And I said, "Yeah." And so he ended up giving me five bucks, and that's where I got the bug. Like, <laughs> the, the light went on. <laughs> I think, You're like, dude, I do I this all day. Doing this. That's an aha exactly. moment. <laughs> so that that really really started it right there. And then I used to show up to school with a briefcase full of markers, and lunchtime, man, at the bench. It's called St. Louis, and I was hooking everybody up and stuff. Nice. And one hey. thing led into another, and it turned into airbrushing. So, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you right now? I'm 47 years old. Okay. All right. So you're you're a couple years older than me. And did you grow? Did you grow up over in the Whittier area? Yes. You did. Santa Fe Springs, Whittier area, man. I mean, that's where it was at. What school did you go to? Pioneer High School. Pioneer. Cool. Pioneer well, and Santa Fe. Over uh, over on the west side. Yeah, two years at Pioneer and two years at Santa Fe, and that that kind of helped my career because it uh, it had me more connected with you know two different groups of kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a lot of names to airbrush and draw, right? A lot yeah, of five, man. lot of five football, dollar names. Football, football teams, drill teams, all that stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so so from there, then you were doing you, you basically took the airbrushing to the. Well, yeah, to the flea I mean, if we're talking about like late '80s, early '90s, and that, yeah, that airbrush right was yeah. probably huge back then in Santa Fe Springs. You know, yeah, like, '80s, '90s. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. They, used to, I mean, remember that that the whole look that the, the I, 
I think even like just hot rods, the low rider stuff always had the the airbrushing. The hot rod guys always, you always had airbrush guys at the shows, whatever show it was. Correct. You Correct. always had guys airbrushing because it was like the quick quickest way. I mean, now people are screen printing and doing stuff at shows, but that was the quickest way to get your customized shirt or hat, yeah. right? Yeah. At, at the show, one and of, you walk away one with of a it. kind. Yeah, one of a kind, yeah. right? That's- yeah. Initially, I was only doing lowrider shows. And then a buddy of mine said, hey, you got to get out to the mini truck show. So he took me out to a truck run. And, man, those guys, they spent so much money on T-shirts and hats. And I said, wait a second. I need more of this. And that's when I got hooked up with RG Canning. Nice. Yeah, yeah no. RG mean- Canning shows are really good to me. That um, it's So the RG Canning did, what other shows did they do back in the day? Uh, if I can recall, I mean, I would go to San Diego. I would go to Ventura. But I mean, they, they uh, I were doing left. they were doing car shows because I see I I yes. don't, I only really remember uh, them doing the because now it seems like they just do like the flea market stuff. No, they were doing car shows big. Wow. They would put they put on good shows. They were at convention centers, really nice nice deals. Nice. Yeah, and that was back in you know car show heyday. Like I mean, there was everything there. Hot rods, mini trucks, you know, you name it, muscle cars. It was, it was cool. No, that's, that's, so that's, that's where you got your exposure. And then, so then you started just doing silk screening and started doing t-shirts and stuff? Yeah, after the airbrushing, you know, I was always full of paint. And um, I said, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way. And so, you know, I was always hungry for the next, the next big thing. And so another friend of mine says, you know, Check out this uh, screen printer uh, called Stith Printing. They were based out of Santa Fe Springs. Yeah, and, is that uh, as, uh, did... Kevin Stith, right? Yeah, Kevin Stith. Yeah. He was doing a lot of the drag drag racers. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah, he's in Vegas now. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're, they're still kicking ass. Wow, yeah, because he, he had his um, little trailer going to all the car shows up until, I mean, I don't know, a few yeah. years ago. Um, and he gave me my first screen printing job. So oh, I was washing screens and doing all the grunt work, but he would let me try out, hey, you know, color separate this and let's try that. And, uh, you know, I was always really trying to push the envelope with the look of the car. And I learned the business and picked it up and started doing a lot of T-shirts. Nice. I worked with another guy, Frank Silva, who's since passed away. Uh, but he was uh, his company was called Cruising Tees. Okay. Yeah, no, I remember. And I, I did remember a, Cruising Tees. Yeah, I did a lot of work with him, too. We did a t-shirt for Truck and Magazine, Mini Truck and Magazine, uh, a lot of the Peterson titles. I'm sorry, McMullen Publishing. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, t- t-shirts, I think, t-shirts is like one of those things where, um, God, they're, they're always, it's just kind of a staple. It's like blue jeans. Always. Know? And always. it's just like, always. And it's like, the technology's advanced. I just saw technology should today i was over uh uh tim sasami's place i stopped by there and he was showing me some of the uh heat transfer stuff that they're doing now yeah and that stuff is just a you know the the technology has come a long way i mean he showed me something i was like that looks like it's silk screen on there but it was it was no it was heat transfer. yeah the hot thing right now is direct to garment printing yep yeah we're, we're yeah basically it's like a big you know uh inkjet printer put your t-shirt in and out comes a finished t-shirt yeah no we're messing I mean, we're messing with a little bit of that good. stuff 
Yeah, that stuff. It's just it's amazing. Yeah. It's because you know that's yeah, the thing is I need to have t-shirts in my business, but for me, it's just manpower wise. Just you know, I I need to put that in a DTG deal in someone else's hands because it's it ends up being yeah. just it ends up being just like uh, you know it takes me two and a half hours. Yeah, to you got to wear five shirts out. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 It's the inventory issue. It's just an administrative issue. But you got to have that stuff because you got to have some cool looking designs and that, that people wear and they help Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you, you put the right shirt on the right guy at the right time and you get, you know, thousands of impressions online, on a television show. You just never know, man. Well, and it's it's just about brand support and brand loyalty and just getting your getting your brand out there. Brand, but the brand people, awareness, yeah, yeah. But you know, like people rocking a set of our wheels. I mean, dude, I get asked all the time. I, you got any shirts? You know, I I want to I want to. Yeah, I like what I like what you started doing with the brand again. I, I like how you're you're still keeping it classic, but you're also being progressive with the finishes, the wheel cuts. Yeah, I like what you're doing, man. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm trying, you know, um, it's kind of, I, I get asked all the time, Hey, when are you going to do this? I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, well, when are you going to order it? Let's do it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I got a list of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a list of a hundred things, a hundred things I'd like to do, you know, but you know, it's kind of like I'm in the business also to sell and to make some money too. Those, those yeah. Are... At the end of the day, we all got mortgages and we all got, you know, kids <laughs> and stuff. Right. So we, yeah, got to keep things going. Yeah, the rims you posted, uh, I think it might have been the day uh, that uh, Eric Brockmeyer. Uh, yeah, I had Eric do some color. Oh, yeah. Those were bitching, dude. Those yeah, are nice, nice variations. Yeah, you yeah, know, I have. Eric a, is awesome. Yeah, I had a customer that was kind of on the fence about, you know, uh, finishes and all this stuff. And I just, I called Eric this morning. I said, hey, man, if you got anything going on or you want to take a break or can you just mo- just switch the colors out a little bit? And sure enough, he sent me three variations of it and, you know, just kind of push it along i mean you know so it's kind of like i'm steering a customer you know and, and guiding him and what he wants as a finished product but it's also showing other people too the possibilities yeah, yeah I, I think the renderings are a great a great tool for builders oh. and for press uh, you know i know in my day i did a lot of renderings for guys or you know taking cars to thema and or you know builders that wanted to sell a car and you know for for a few hundred bucks on a rendering um, you know, the the owner gets something they can keep. You get something you can send to the magazines, and it just creates a little sizzle. Oh yeah! You know, prior to building the final vehicle. Well, and and you know what? I mean, it's one of those things where I think like if you and I were working on something uh, together, we both are familiar with with you know you're familiar with wheels and cars and and vice versa, and so we could talk about something, and it's in both of our heads. Right, and we'll probably get it about. Yeah, we both speak the same language. Yeah, we speak the same language, and we'll get it about ninety-five percent correct. But man, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that they need to see it. They need to see it right in front of them. And like, it's like I I can talk talk to people till I'm blue in the face, and just go, uh, you know, look, we're gonna paint this window here, and we're gonna do this. Like, and they go, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, and they they gotta see it. Yeah. So I, I can honestly say that nine times out of 10, every time I create a drawing, a rendering or an illustration of anything I'm trying to convey a message about that rendering always sells it and it seals the deal for me. Always. Once they see it, they're like, Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. 
Well, and I, yeah, and I think my dad, uh, you know, kind of started doing that early on in the late seventies. Was you know when he met you know, uh, and and one day uh, if if Tom will ever be my friend again, we'll get Tom Taylor on here. He can fill (laughs) us in. He can fill us in on the whole story. Um, But Uh, yeah, I can honestly say your dad and the team that he put together. I mean, you guys, they they had a lot of firsts. You know, my hats off to him. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for guys like your dad. Yeah, well, definitely, I appreciate that, and that's why that's why we have you on because you know you're we're we're bringing people on that can kind of tell tell the story. You know, a lot of this is going to be pre-American hot rod, right? I mean, everybody's that's familiar with American hot rod knows that side of my dad, but there's there's so many years and so many people before that that have just intersected with my dad's life. Uh, in my life yeah. and, 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 and been an influence and, and, you know, and that's why I have you on because it's like, we talk about this, that, like that green truck. I still think about that green truck. Cause I remember it was in the catalog and it was like, when's it, is someone going to build that? Someone going to build it. And they finally built it, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it's just like, these are kind of just cool, cool things that people aren't aware of. Go, oh, that's Lewis. You did that, you know? And I mean, um, yeah, I'm losing track here where, what I was saying, but. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Oh, back to the like the Tom Taylor thing. It was kind of like I think my dad said, "Whoa," because you know I think when you know these guys that came out of Art Center, they're all taught by these guys that so they could pitch stuff that, that for the big three and all that, you know, and Correct. Detroit. So it was kind of like my dad was like, "Hey, whoa, we got this guy that's doing Art Center quality stuff for a hot rod," you know, and and my dad, I think from that out of that point, I think they did a rendering for every car my dad pitched to somebody. You know, yeah, I for think for the um, most part, for the know, most part, I grew up looking at magazines and seeing Tom Taylor's work, Steve Stanford's work, Mike Pickle, all those guys right there were heavily influencing my style as I was growing up. Now, uh, as far as uh, your 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 training growing up, are you self taught? Did you did you get involved? In- yeah, no, self taught, completely self taught. I mean, just you know, hard knocks, you know, rhodium car shows, but yeah, completely self taught. Nice. And a lot of the times, you know, I guess I can say this now. A lot of times people would say, hey, have you done this? And I would just lie. I'd say, yeah, <laughs> I can do it. Yeah. You know, and figure it out afterwards. And, you know, thankfully it's, it's saved my hide many, many times. Well, you're a hustler, man. And you know what? It's like you're, you, you know, you're drawing stuff too. So it's, um, you, so you just got to put it out there, put the challenge out in front of you, you know? Yeah, I, I do like do the challenge, definitely. Well, and then, um, yeah. So, did you have any? Uh, let's talk about any kind of highlights you had working for my my dad there. Then you got any funny stories? Um, any funny stories? Uh, funny stories? A uh, good good stories? No, or, or, you know, just just kind of because um, you know, you know the, th- we'll the get, thing we'll, about work. Go ahead. The thing about working with your dad for me, it was like he was the king. So all of a sudden I get to meet him, you know? So for me, it was like, I, I can't even tell you what it was like, like meeting Elvis or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, because I grew up reading about your dad in magazines. So all of a sudden I have an opportunity to stand in front of him and say, Hey, here's a car I drew. Is this doing anything for you? And he ripped it to shreds. He's like, oh, no, change this. And it sucks. I mean, he was brutally honest, but I was fine with that. You know, because to me, you know, 
Kip Foose, Tom Taylor, you know, all of the guys, Larry Erickson, all the guys that he's worked with, clearly the guy knows what he's doing, you know? Yeah. And so I was like sucking it all up, man. Yeah. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. No, and that's a that's a good attitude to have because there's a lot of guys that uh, you know whether they're classically trained or what in art, they get a little butt hurt. You know, they they, they think their way is the best way, and no, I mean, um, yeah. As yeah. far as your dad, like, um, I, I was young, so your dad just he just taught me a lot. Like, we didn't really mess around because I was really young. You know, uh, I was still a teenager when I was working with your dad. Yeah. So um, he just looked at me like, hey, this guy's really green. I'm just going to teach him. You know, and that's that's how we carried on. It was pretty pretty much business. But, uh, you know, the guy, he was serious. Your dad was serious. And that was one thing I loved about him. No nonsense. Oh, for sure. You know, I'll be honest with you. I never watched American Hot Rod. Because to me, I didn't want to watch a soap opera about Boyd, Boyd Coddington. You know what I mean? No, I get it. Yeah, and that, that was probably the biggest thing for me to adjust to was just like, oh, you know, why do they, you know, why do they make your dad look like that or this and that? I go, look, first of all, it's a TV show, you know. I mean, my at that point, like I said, my dad had a bunch of history before that, and then it's like I always tell people, look at the cars coming out of the shop, right? I mean, yep. judge judge by that, and it's also too, they're like, oh yeah, but your you know, your dad they make made your dad look like an asshole. It's like, hey, how about this? Let me follow you around for two weeks and let me edit you down into you know forty four minutes. Yeah, and I'll make you look however I want you to look. You know. In, in my opinion, even let's just say, okay, let's just say your dad was a jerk. Okay, he's paid his dues, so he can be whatever he wants to be. You know what I mean? That's how I see it. The man created a style that to this day looks good. You bring out an old void car from way back in the day, you take it out to a show, and people are going to give it respect because it still looks good. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's hard for a lot of people to say. Yep. Yeah, because there's a lot. I mean, a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of trends that are, you know, you can date, totally date a car. A lot of trends. Uh, very few things that my dad have done it would really date the car, you know. I mean, so maybe some of the more monochrome stuff, or you know, maybe certain types of wheels on a car, you know. But I mean, we we yeah. brought the we brought about four years ago. We brought the Vern Luce Coupe out. Uh, you know, uh, Gary Brown, who owns it in Australia, brought it out here, and we took it to the LA Roadster Show. And people who there were people that knew exactly what that car was, but then there was you know younger guys that didn't know, and they go, "Oh man, did you just finish this thing? This thing looks great." And go, no, no, this car is refreshed, but it was this is exactly the way it was in you know 1980. Yeah, you know? the workmanship and the eye that your dad had, and and I have to give credit to the designers he worked with as well, like Tom Taylor. Oh yeah, um, you know the the team that your dad and, and them put together, you know, just created a look and a style. And obviously with your dad's critique, you know, telling them, no, this isn't good enough. I want the scene to be perfect. I want it to be two millimeters or whatever. Like that was all your dad. Yeah. He was a perfectionist. That's what he did. And he, he always surrounded himself with the best and he ex expected the best, you know, that's why I felt honored to be just, 
working with him. I was like, okay, this guy only works with badass designers. So if he's asking me, hey, draw this car for me, Absol- that says something. And, I, and that's <laughs> right? how I took it. I took it as a compliment. No, that's no, and and I mean that's the best attitude. That's the best attitude to have, you know, because, um, well, you know, uh, after you left there, then that's basically where you made the jump into the toys, right? Correct. Yeah. After I left uh, your dad's Boyd, um, you know, I was going to get back in the t-shirt business, and I had a friend of mine, Christina Beyond, who's another great illustrator. She was working at Mattel at the time, and she told me, hey, Lewis, you should come work for Mattel. And I said, hell no. I don't want to work for nobody. I'm doing great. <laughs> what was your so, – so you didn't – even though – I mean, even though it's Mattel, you just you – weren't, you weren't excited about it? No, because I looked at it as if I go get a job where I got to, like, clock in and whatnot, I'm working for the man. True. You know, that, so that was my narrow-mindedness back then. Um <laughs> Yeah, I got another one on the same note is I didn't touch a computer for a long time because I felt like, well, if you did artwork on the computer, you weren't really doing artwork. Yeah. So I would call it the box. If you're on the box, you're no good. So I stayed away from it for a long, long time until I finally got I finally got one. And I realized, holy crap. I was completely wrong. So the two times I was wrong with that. You know, the computer and working for someone like Mattel. And, you know, here I am to this day still in the toy business. So I didn't know everything back then. So did you did you end up going to work for Mattel? Well, this is how that played out. So she took it upon herself, Christina Beyond, to show them my portfolio, just the body of my work. And I got a call from Tony Miller, who at the time was running the design team. And he goes, hey. We need to, you know, come in here. We need to talk to you. So I met with uh, Tony Miller and Nathan Proach and um, had a sit down at Mattel. And they're like, when do you want to start working? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe an offer. So they made me an offer, 35 bucks an hour. Uh, and I started working at Hot Wheels, like just like that. Really? You know, they saw my portfolio and they said, this is a car guy. And oh, and on top of that, I had Hot Rods by Boyd at the top of my resume. Nice. That was the last company I worked for. So Tony Miller, who's a big motorhead, he knew your dad, respected him. And so just that little, just having that on my resume got me into Mattel. I awesome. mean, I hope my talent did too, but you know, just a combination <laughs> well, sure. of everything. For sure. But that was the icing on the cake there. That's cool. Yeah. It, it's even with MGA, uh, Boy Coddington Hot Rods is still on my resume, even nice. though it's a really old, a really old job. Yeah. I'm proud to say I work there because I know who's come out of there. No, and it definitely, definitely. I mean, it's definitely something to be proud of. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, it is. So you, so what, talk, let's talk about your time there at Mattel. Uh, my time at Mattel, it was a little short of a run. It was, they hired me on as a temp. Okay. That was the only way they can get me in so fast. Like, hey, you know, we'll bring you on as a vendor. I was like, I don't care, whatever that means. And so they started me off doing sticker sheets and just decals for a lot of the play sets. And then um, right away they saw, okay, this guy can do flames, he can do pinstripes. So they moved me into what they call their main line, uh, their 99 cent cars. And so they had me doing those. 
and it was just like, you know, it wasn't the greatest stuff. And then um, Carson Lev, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, yeah. but he was a director at Mattel. You, he was in charge of uh, adult collectibles, and he saw my stuff. And he goes, hey, man, I want this guy on my team. So they moved me into adult collectibles, which were like the $100, you know, sets. Yeah. And I started doing decos and whatnot for that. And that's kind of where I ended up. And then uh, probably about a year later, uh, they started doing their layoffs. I guess they had a new CEO or something. And they didn't call me back. They said, hey, Lewis, we're really sorry. We'd like to keep you. But, uh, you know, based on budgets, we got to cut you loose. But by then, I had already had the bug, like, wait a second, this is where I want to be. And so I left Mattel and started looking for another, I guess, toy vehicle manufacturer. And then, and then that's how I ended up at Jada. Jada. And yeah. Jada. But at Mattel, I mean, at Mattel, I did a bunch of, like, random stuff. Like, it's hard to kind of pinpoint I can say, oh, it's collector number this. I did a dairy delivery. It says Big Lou's Dairy Delivery. Uh, that's probably the car I'm most famous for among Hot Wheel collectors. Yeah. Then that, which one was that? It's a yellow dairy delivery. It's collector number 199. Oh, and nice. It was, um, yeah, it was a 2000 or a 1999 release. Okay. And it says Big It has my logo that I still use to this day on there. Oh really? It's got a little face. Yeah, it's got like a little angry face. And, oh okay, uh, I yeah, go by yeah. Big Lou. That's on there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I go by Big Lou among the collector community. Nice. That's right. Big Lou. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because you. Um, well, we'll talk about Jada because Jada. I mean, were were you the, the the basically Jada's claim to fame really is what the what the Dub City cars, right? Oh, dude, Jada, man. My my history at Jada that's well, that's dude, like epic for me. Well, and that's the thing is so it's 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 like for me when I think of uh, when I think of Jada and I mean everybody even if you weren't into the collectible car thing you 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 saw these things these things were these dub was, it, was that correct me if I'm wrong they're Dub City was that what they're called Yeah that was the that was the line that made like the most money for the company. Yeah. Um, the way that the way that played out, I created the line Dub City back when I worked at Mattel, and I well basically I already had the line, the look that I was already doing yeah. with the little rubber band tires. Like everyone used to clown me, Lewis, why are you putting the rim so big? Why are the tires <laughs> so thin? And um, that was just the way I drew a car. So at Mattel, on my computer, I used to put all my illustrations that the the Dub type illustrations on my screensaver in hopes that someone would say what's that and when i get into the adult collectible part of the company i showed it to um you know my boss and so he liked it carson and he presented it to his higher-ups and they shot it down they're like oh this is too urban for us and so when i got let go um you know, I hadn't signed any, you know, any paperwork that says this was their stuff or my stuff because I was a temp. Yeah. And so when I got hired at Jada, they were called Best Toys and they were based out of Alameda in downtown L.A. Okay. In a little 10,000 square foot building and they were just like this importer of welly die cast cars, you know, the stuff you find at the gas station. Yeah. 
And so when the owner, you know, when he interviewed me, he looked at my resume, he saw Hot Rod by Boyd, he saw Mattel at the top of my resume. He goes, uh, you want a job? And he was Asian man. And I said, yeah. And I go, but what do you want to do? He goes, I want to get into Toys R Us. I said, well, if you let me do what I want to do, I can get you there. And so that's how we started at Jada, which was at the time Best Toys in 2001. Yeah, because um, that dub we, deal took off, man. Well, it started before with, uh, there was two lines right before Dub City. One of them was called Showroom Floor, and he had a 1953 Chevy pickup and a 19, if I can recall, 1961 or 1960 Impala. Two castings from uh, that were made by Welly for Best Toys. And so I took those two castings and started taking wheels from other cars and shoving up, up, shoving them up in the fender wells. And I showed it to the boss. I'm like, this is what you got to be making, which was low riders. And so with that, we started street low and street low got us plugged into, uh, I don't know if you remember going to a gas station and there was always die cast cars. Like oh yeah. Gum. For well, sure. That was best toys. That was Best Toys that was distributing that stuff. So that stuff started selling really, really well. And so then the owner says, Jack Lee was his name. He says, Lewis, what else do you have? I said, well, I have this line, you know, I call it Dub City. He goes, what's that? I said, oh, well, it's kind of underground. And I showed him the magazine my buddy Miles puts out. And um, I took him to a car show. He's like, why are people doing this? What is this? And, <laughs> Wait, when you say uh, but, doing, doing this as in uh, the, the cars, not the models. The big rims. Yeah, the yeah. big He, could, he, why are he they couldn't doing get this? why people were putting such large wheels on a vehicle. Yeah. And back then, you know, we weren't into the 30-inch and the 28s and the 22s. I don't know. We that, were still in the 22s. Maybe 20, going yeah, into the 24s, that, maybe. Well, not even that. If you were rocking 20s, you were pimping. Yeah. Well, that's what you know, the – yeah. Dub Dub came and, from right, twenty correct, yeah. Dub was slang for a twenty twenty bag. Yep, um, and obviously it was you know twenty inch rims. Um, but anyway, uh, once he said, "Hey, what else you guys?" said this, and I showed it to him, and I, I mocked up a, a Chevy Astro van with flames, and um, he goes, "Oh, this is different. This is good." And the casting that we had at the time was a Chevy Astro van. And thankfully, Chevy Astro vans were still semi-popular among, you know, urban urban guys. Yeah. You know, and some, and, and some you know, uh, like mini truck scenes and truckers were still in the mini, uh, the, the van. But anyway, uh, we started the line and it hit. It hit like gangbusters. Um, when, we, when we picked up the, the Chevrolet license, Chevy says, look, I'll give you these these cars, the licenses for the cars, but you have to take this other one. We're like, which one is it? Cadillac Escalade. Because nobody wanted the license for it. Really? It was a new category. Yeah, the new SUV. No, there Dude. was a new category, and no one was. No and, one really wanted it. And you're like, uh, yeah, okay. No, I said, give it. Yeah, I said, we'll take it. Oh, that's, that's, said, that's a Dub City car written all over. Oh, yeah, right? that was, um, yeah. I, I'm picturing in my head right now. I know exactly <laughs> yeah. which model that is. So I 
right away I put a body kit on it. I put a stereo system. And mind you, this is in 124 scale. Yeah. You know, a miniature car. I put a, a stereo system in it, and we tooled it up. And, man, that car made so much money for the company. It gave us the foundation to just do everything else from that on. Well, yeah, and I remember going into not just uh, toy stores, but, uh, you know, they still were sold at gas stations still. And you go yes, in, we still you, keep- you go into gas stations, and you know they'd have maybe before a handful of these cars. Next thing you know, yeah, they ten got all, bucks a piece. Yeah, Nick, they were ten bucks. Yeah, the next thing you know, they have a whole wall of these things in these guys. Yeah. Every gas station in LA was selling these things. Yeah, within two to three years, it just exploded. I mean, exploded, yeah. and it was a hell of a ride. I mean, you know, the owner was like, "Well, what's next? What's next?" <laughs> and I just kept. I just kept throwing and stuff. I'm like, well, let's do, you know, I want to do muscle cars, but I don't want to do traditional muscle cars. I want to do modern muscle cars. He goes, well, whatever. By then, I had carte blanche to do whatever I wanted. And how? Uh, I was like a kid. Yeah. How, that? No, I was going to say, and what years What years were you at Jada? Uh, tail end of 2000 and all the way up until early 2007. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because then, well, they're still go ahead. A lot of the castings that they still sell now are my original designs. Really? So it's nice to see. Yeah, they just celebrated their twentieth anniversary this year, or going into next year. I'm not sure. And um, they're still they're still using all of my old castings. That's kind of cool. Still have available. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah that yeah that diecast thing is is pretty cool. I think I think one of the um, when was that? When did we see you over at the? Was it the Diecast Hall of Fame? Was that two thousand eight? Uh, Diecast Hall of Fame. I was inducted in two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. But I'm yeah, trying to. Th- Vegas. I'm trying to think of when I was there when they inducted my dad. I think it might have been two thousand eight. Not sure. I know the yeah. first year was two thousand and nine. Okay. But I've I've gone every year since then. Uh, just because I help the the guy that puts the show together, yeah, is that st- I do a lot of work. What was that guy's work with him? What was that guy's name? CJ. CJ, that's right. Yeah, he put on yeah. a ca- kind of a cool deal. I mean, I don't, I forget what year it was. It could have been two thousand nine. It could have been two thousand ten. Um, when we went, uh, but definitely cool. And it was cool to see just some of the stuff, like especially some of the guys that are just doing all the. You know, and I still see the them customs. too. They, all they pop up like they're taking just like the modifications to some of these cars. You know, yeah, like existing. Yeah, cars. they'll go and buy a, a dollar car at you know Target, and then they turn it into a hundred dollar car with all of their you know customization. Yeah, and are you still doing anything with? Uh, you had that that car hauler. What was that thing called? Yes, my my sledster. Sledster. That thing was kind of cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Sledster was a project that I did with a buddy of mine. Um, after I left Jada, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, because by then I had become a, like a company guy, like an executive. I was a VP of design. Yeah. So I really wasn't hands-on as much. I was more of the face of the company. And so a lot of people were saying, oh, Lewis can't do nothing anymore. He can't design. And so the Sledster was kind of like my FU here, take that. Yeah. And, um, you know, partnered up with my buddy. You know, he ponied up the money to make the Sledster. And we tooled this truck up. It's basically 
a fantasy vehicle. I took a 1951 Mercury and turned it into a semi-truck. And he asked me, he goes, well, if you could do whatever you wanted, what would you make? I said, this. And when he saw it, he was just like, damn, this thing is badass. And, and we, you know, we showed it to a few people and everybody was like, dude, this thing is big. So we made it. We made it into a diecast miniature collectible that we could, you know, mass produce. That thing was pretty cool because you you did that in what that was like, that was in two thousand nine right you had those back then yeah this was a, we started tooling up probably in oh eight we started tooling up because it takes about eight months to a year to get something from you know from paper to you know finished product and is tooling pretty expensive to build to to do a car yeah yeah I know we spent about. Probably about one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty thousand, just to tool up everything for that car. Wow, yeah, and that was yeah. at a rough. That was, that, that's at a, that was at a rough time too, because that's when the economy took a dump. Well, and who, you know, exactly? We didn't know what was happening. Um, we looked at it like this, you know. I had a strong collector base from Mattel, uh, and I'd worked for some other companies as a freelancer, and then Jada, and so a lot of those guys. As they were getting older, you know, they wanted a little bit, they were thinning out their, their collection, but they wanted more quality stuff. And that was the, that was the market I was trying to corner yeah. was that guy that, you know, didn't want to have cases and cases of product, but he wanted to have a few key pieces. And, um, that's right when, you know, the economy just tanked 2008. Yep. So here we go. We launched this high end die cast and we were trying to be like, the Gucci of diecast, you know, the Louis Vuitton. We were trying to go yeah, ultra how much, high end. How much did that uh, Sledster uh, sell for? We we started off at fifty nine ninety nine. Okay, six, sixty bucks. Which for back then, oh yeah, that's you know, because what scale was that? That was a lot of money, man. That's still a lot of money to just buy one toy car. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not know, in that market, but it seems like you know. Um, Something like that. I mean, but you know what though? I mean, I don't know about now. That doesn't seem like a lot. It would be a lot now for because if you actually well, saw it, these cars, they're 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 nice because it came with the with the tractor trailer deal, right? Yeah, it came with you know the cab, the trailer, a nice you know plastic case. They were limited edition. They were numbered. Came with a certificate. I mean, we put it together really really sharp. So it was like an heirloom piece is what we were shooting for. And uh, unfortunately, in two thousand eight, nobody had any money. And so we we just we lost our ass basically to be to put it bluntly. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, there's been a resurgence in people wanting this Ledger. You know, there's um there's a bunch of chat forums, there's a bunch of collectors now all over the world that collect this Ledger, and I still to this day get emails, hey, when are you coming out with something new? I'm like, no man, it's done because the company that we used. Went out of business. Oh, really? How how many units? So how many we lost, units, How many units did you end up running? Like finished product. Uh, we uh, right off the top of my head, I think we created like nine or ten different paint schemes at about twenty five hundred pieces per design. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean it's a lot, but it's not a lot when you think of how many people in the world collect. We got a guy in um, Australia. Guy's name is Ken Classen, and this guy, Jesus, he has at least forty or fifty of these suckers, <laughs> you know. And um, 
you know, he just, Constant Lewis, if you ever have anything, call me. I'll buy it. And I tell him, hey, man, you know, I'll, I'll steer him to a customizer guy or something. And, um, yeah, these guys, you know, they're into it. And that's nice to see. It's unfortunate, though. But, you know, I've got a few irons in the fire, so you'll definitely be seeing something else. No, that's co- that's too. cool. And, you, you know, what? that's why I asked about the tooling because, you know what, um, on some of that stuff, you got to sell a lot of those things to make your money back, you know? Uh, yes. But yes. you know what, With like, I mean – I've been kind of just keeping my eye, not too much, but, uh, you know, on some of the new technology, obviously 3D printing, you know, then they have like, uh, like 3D metal centering, you know, yeah. where, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Then that, that's, that makes it more feasible to kind of do some one-off stuff, you know? Well, I've looked into, um, resin, mo- resin models. Okay. Uh, you know, resin models is cheaper to do than die cast. You can do a smaller run. The problem is it's not metal. So I don't know if the collector community would buy a resin car. Well, you, you know, know what? It's there, one of those things. And I'll send you the link. Uh, there is a, a laser. I, I hope I'm saying it right. Uh, laser metal centering. There's a video on YouTube from a couple years ago where it's basically a 3D. It's like a 3D printing process, but it uses a laser and metal powder. And it kind of just okay. builds, you know, there's, there's guys, they built a 1911 pistol functioning pistol with this process. Really? And, yeah. And it's something I could see if you're doing a die cast to just to get some quality out of it with something that's metal using that process. You know, right I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't I'll, know. Look, I'll look into it. I don't know how expensive it is, but you know, um, one thing, yeah. uh, one thing I do pay attention to just the collector community in general um, one thing I've noticed is a lot of collectors, you know, they're aging up and either they're getting out of collecting or they're just passing away yeah. and their kids aren't picking up the hobby, you know? So the collector community is slowly shrinking. And so that's another, that's another thing that's going against, you know, the whole industry as far as diecast cars is concerned. Plus tastes are changing. Right now, a lot of the young guys, you know, they're tuner guys or they're into the Euro cars, the Beamers, the Mercedes, the Porsches. And there's not a whole lot you can do to those from a custom standpoint. Yeah. Or else by then, you know, they're they're kind of saying, hey, why are you putting those wheels on that car? So um, these are all things I pay attention to. And that's why I still, to this day, try to create excitement within the toy industry the category so that i can reach young kids and then hopefully they graduate into diecast collectors you know uh wheel wheel makers custom car makers and and so forth yeah i mean i i have i i have the same thoughts with the crowd you know with in the street rod and hot rod uh, market you know a lot of these guys man they're getting old and they got these car collections and some of their kids i could just you know you're either into it or you're not, you know? Right. And it's like, okay, what happens when this, that, and, and it's going to be coming in the next 10 years. You're going to see that whole generation, you know? Yeah, it's it, happening. It's already happening. I mean, a lot of young people, they don't even want to drive. You know yeah, I mean? right? Like, yeah. Bye, that, bye. That, that, <laughs> no, bye, I, and I get it. And you know what? With Uber and the technology these days, I mean, why would you want to, you know? But, um, yeah, I just, I'm curious you know, I, what's what's going to happen because, you know, um, what's coming up behind it, you know? 
you know, one of the things that, and, and this is my personal opinion, you know, this is not, not taking a, a, a swing at anybody or, or, you know, trying to belittle anybody, but a lot of what I see happening is a lot of these car shows on Velocity, Motor Trend TV, they are turning being a customizer into uh, a novelty. It's like it's not respectful because anybody, I guess according to them, anyone can become a customizer. And then then you they start ridiculing you on the show. You start, you know, riding around in golf carts and jumping off cliffs. And it's like, I don't know, to me it degrades the the community. No. And so I think it what it does is it teaches young people, I don't want to be that. You know, I don't want to be one of those hillbilly guys, you know, riding a tractor so I just so I can be on a t on on a show. Yeah, like there's just no um what's the word I'm looking for? And and I don't want to misspeak, but I hope I'm expressing myself correctly. No, I I, I, I share the same sentiments. I mean, uh there it just seems like you know, um it's just there's this big push for content, right? And it's like, yeah. And and no one, and we've seen it. And I've been approached by people that go, "Oh yeah, you know, um, what about a show about you, the you know, the son of Boyd and all?" And it's like, no. I mean, they want to do that the same. Uh, dr- they're 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 using a formula that's that's 15 years old. Yeah, you know, right? They have they have a narrative that they want to say because they know what gets ratings. But it's gonna come at a, a sacrifice to your dignity, maybe you know, like, like yeah, it, it dilutes it dilutes the industry. It really dilutes yeah. it big time, dude. And, like uh, you, you know, know it, the, the, there's that one new show, and the guy's probably a really nice guy, so I don't want to talk really bad. But that's that bad Chad or whatever. I don't even watch these yeah, shows, but I, I don't watch these shows. I don't watch them, man. But they get thrown in my face just because of the conversation we're having now, and and, yeah. and, and being on social media, and it's just like. Holy moly, some of this stuff. But, you know, um, there's some talented guys that do have shows. But Yes, I agree. Um, but, you know, it, it was told a long time ago to me when we were doing American Hot Rod. Because people would be like, hey, why don't we show, like, let's less drama and let's show more of the detailed car build. And it's like, no, people ultimately will not tune in for that, you know? People, there was a there was a documentary on Netflix called Apex. I don't know if you guys saw it. No. It was about hypercars. Okay. Uh, you know, Pagani, Lamborghini, Ferrari. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Yep. You know, and what if you guys ever get a chance to see it? Look it up. It's called Apex. And. Man, there it stirs up so much emotion in me when I see that documentary about cars and the way they talk about the people behind the cars, the way they talk about the cars, the industry. It's, you know, it's inspiring. It makes me want to go out and, like, build. Uh, I wish they would do shows like that. But unfortunately, some some guys will find shows like that very boring. So well, they need the... You know the antics. Well, and I'll tell you what it it I, I can see as it, it it there's gonna be a shift because it, you know it, with with the streaming service services like Netflix, Amazon, you know, and and you know, and moving away from the regular networks, if you will, and the cable, it, it's it the, the 
it, it's really going to bring back a lot. And I know there, I know people like that are focusing on showing that kind of stuff. Like we've worked with Auto Revolution before, and they got their stuff on Amazon Prime, and you can get on there and you can watch a five minute video, right? Yeah. Uh, or you can watch a thirty minute video that they put together, and it's it's there's no drama. It is about yeah. the the product, and I think that the 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 entry. I think the gatekeepers are kind of getting removed or, or kind of just, you know, it's a little different. I don't right? know, man. Well, cause here's, here's the situation. If you, if you can, uh, you can fund these things yourself and put together a good production. Um, yeah. And, and, and you don't need a velocity to throw up the money behind you. I mean, if you obviously you want to make a decent living out of it, uh, you yeah, that's some, the rub, you know? Right. I mean, um, yeah. But you know what? There's uh, I saw, and I don't know who did it, but uh, there was um, I don't know if you know it, Chuck Beck uh, Beck Speedster did it like a lot of the Porsche replica cars. Someone put yeah. together a really bitching fifth. It's like maybe twelve to fifteen minute video of of it, it, the, the 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 cinematography was really nice. It was shot really well, but you can tell it wasn't super high budget. And it was focused on this guy and his garage and what you know. This guy's in his eighties now. You know, but it was like I, I guarantee you, Chris. If you were to watch Apex, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna imagine watch imagine someone telling the story about your dad in that context, the way that the way that documentary was done, dude, you would cry because it's done so well. And like, I would love to see your dad's accolades and his history, um, and along with you know everything that you're doing now, told that way. Well, I'm definitely gonna, like, I'm uh, definitely gonna check it out, definitely. Yeah, it, it's it's very very well done. Um, but yeah, you know, um, speaking to that, you know, I remember a lot of times I would talk about customizing a car. Oh, I'm gonna do this, and I gotta put this on one of my toys. And the first thing people would say is, "Oh, you mean you're gonna pimp out your ride?" And I'm just like, "No, you did not just say that." <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, and, um, yeah, because that was when these shows became popular. There was only a handful of channels that were doing this, right? You know, yeah, yeah and it, you know, and I'm not knocking the show. I'm not knocking, uh, you know, that group. You know, they did what they did, and they brought awareness to customizing. Oh yeah, you know, I'm not knocking that. It's just, you know, it just taught me that it's really important how you message out because everyone is listening. And if you tell us a tell a story a certain way, it's just gonna it's gonna blanket the entire culture that way. Yeah, uh, you know I, I'm known as the dub guy, so whenever I go talk to a toy company consulting or whatnot, they think I'm gonna put big rims on everything. I said no 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 no. <laughs> I said I tell them I said look that is one genre, and I have to educate these guys. This is a genre, and it was an era, you know. Um, Dub today isn't what dub was yesterday. And customizing isn't what it used to be. So when I tell you, hey, we're going to modify or customize this car, I have to illustrate with a drawing what I'm talking about. And I can draw a car with big rims and low-profile tires and tell them this is new. And they're going to believe it because it still looks good. Yeah, You just have to be careful the terminology you use because they're going to like, you know, uh, they're just going to like put you in a category that they don't want to be in. No, I, I mean, I think all of us, I mean, when you get any kind of 
any kind of fame. I mean, people are always going to default back to the last thing you're you're famous for, right? You know, I mean, uh, right? You know, and it's kind of like with me with building wheels. They go, oh, you just you just build hot rod wheels, or they'll see, you know, some posts on oh, with mini truck. Oh, you just built mini truck wheels, or something. No, I can build whatever. I mean, I just I cater to certain markets, you know. Yeah, what was interesting for me, uh, and I got a chance to experience a little bit of fame with Jada, um, you know, where I saw myself not designing anymore because I was busy doing press releases and interviews and going to photo shoots, going to parties. And, you know, I had a, I had a humbling moment. You know, I had, to, I had to basically come back to my roots and I realized, you know what? I don't want to be famous. I want to be respected. I want my work to be respected. I want my work to be famous. And even if nobody knows who I am, you know, even if nobody ever knows who my, my face is or who I am, when they see that last name, Tanahara, I want them to say, that motherfucker is badass. For sure, man. Yeah, because you know what guess what? That, that, that's all I want. Hey, that cash me outside girl is famous. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, Kim Kardashian is famous, you know? I mean... Yeah. I mean, uh, no, and and but you know what? You, you're producing stuff. I mean, that's that's the, also the, the the difference is yeah. you you know what I'm saying? You're you're producing stuff that long after you're gone is still going to be out there. You uh, know, that's unique. That, and, like and the sledster. I mean, like that's that's who else did that? Yeah, it, that's it, awesome. It, and it's stuff that's going to be uh, you know influencing people long after you're gone. That's all. That's all I want. I you know I tell my daughter all the time. I say, sweetheart, when I'm long gone. You're going to take over Tanahara Design. And right now, my website, I have a domain. I have it up, but I don't have anything on I don't have any content. And I get people all the time, Lewis, put something on there. Sell something. I'm like, I'm busy, man. I can't. You know, um, but I at least have the placeholder. So if and when she wants to take it over, she'll be able to say, yes, my dad did this. And he's the guy that did that. And, oh, you know that car that you, you, know, you so covet on your shelf? My dad did that, you know, and that's all I'm really trying to do now at this point is to leave a legacy um, with you know, all the things that I've done for my for my daughter. No, that's good, man. And you know, you, I plan I, I plan to be around for a while, but still, you know. Well, you know what? I mean, there is something, and I mean, I know I I know how it goes, man. I mean, I need to do a bunch of stuff on my website, and there's so much. People go, hey, do you have you don't have it on your website? I go, yeah, it's on my Instagram feed, you know, because it's so easy to. And you reach so many people on the Instagram feed, but then you realize, oh, I don't have it on my website, you know? Yeah, see, I don't even, like, I have Instagram, I have Facebook, I have all that stuff. I don't feed any of that with a whole lot of content. You should, I though. mean, you know, you see, my, you see my Facebook feed, it's all political stuff. I know, what the hell? Dude, I, I, <laughs> hey, I don't, yeah, want, uh, I don't want you to go down the road of Tom Taylor, okay? No, and no, to, no. And, and, I, and to go I, down I the, say, the, you'll get so pissed off at Trump that you end down in, in, in in the sewer. No, no, no. You know what? Here's where I stand on that, and I'll, and I'll just scrape. I'll just scrape the surface. Yeah. Um, I don't want to pick sides. What I want to do is just bring awareness, so people can choose for themselves. I don't want them to 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 base it on. Oh well, Lewis is voting one way, so I'm going to vote that way too. I just want to stir the pot, expose people to. Hey, you know what? You should read up on this. You should look at that. Um, that's all. That's all I try to do with my with my feed. No, I get it. You know, like, like the guy, like our president or not, you know, I have one opinion, but at the end of the day, we have to respect the office. We have to respect our country. He's our president, and it is what it is. Yeah, and, and you know what? 
talk about like the most it, it, it the worst form of reality TV is freaking all the bullshit that we got to listen to as far as one side or the other on, on politics. So, you know, because I, yeah, I feel I, like it's, it, it's talk about, I mean, dude, I, I, I guess I, I would take a re, I would take probably the, the latest five worst, uh, reality show automotive shows over some of the shit that's on the news right now, you know, <laughs> like, you yeah, know, unfortunately, unfortunately there's just a lot of, everything drama going on hey but you know what turning a lot of people off it's turning a lot of people off well and and you know what the thing of it is you 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 know what in my the people that i come across that are the most happy people i know they don't even get on that shit you know yeah they're not even they're like what wall like they're just like you know you know they're just like what like yeah they're like yeah i I don't know i I, I check the sports scores and you know, I'm more about off the wall in my, my vans than I am about the wall. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Yeah, no, and I think, but you know what? Hey, but Lewis, maybe you need to make a shift. Maybe you know what? Start doing. You know what? You pick, pick one, two days a month where you you go through some st- of your old stuff, and then you post it. You know. You know, I've noticed that when I do post, uh, there was one. There was a couple of things that I posted. There was one car called the Fatmobile. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see that. No. I took uh, I took the 1960s Batmobile and slammed it, turned it into a custom. White walls, chopped roof, you know, shaved everything. And um, that one, I wouldn't say went viral, but it kind of did. You know, it got someone else distributed it, and I got so many kudos for that car, I turned it into a canvas print. And... Uh, Got really close to building it. Actually, uh, John D'Agostino saw it at, at one of the conventions. Yeah. And he walked up to me and goes, hey, man, what's that? <laughs> I said, that's a Fatmobile. You know, and that's I spell awesome. it, you know, uh, P-H-A-T, Fatmobile. Yeah. Um, and he loved it. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, that's going to be my next car. I'm going to build that next. Now, granted, we haven't built it yet, but, you know, that one got a lot of play on when I posted it. Uh, another one that I did, I took my Sledster and I actually painted it like uh, Air Force One, the president's plane. Yeah. And, dude, people went crazy for that thing, man. They're like, oh, are you going to make this? I want one. I want one. Hey, I, I, I was <laughs> just thinking, dude, you know, for 2020, you should uh, slam a couple presidential like uh, campaign buses. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I find time to do stuff, like I want to do stuff that it's relevant that stirs the pot or just gets people like, wow, I didn't think of that. You know, uh, I did some other, I did some other sledgers where I put, um, locomotive graphics like Santa Fe, uh, and it looks killer. The sledger, it looks killer in that, in that paint job. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and that's the thing is where, so where do I see this stuff? That's the thing. I, you know, I'll post <laughs> That's it. what I'm getting at. Uh, you no, know, you know, because man, now you're I, teasing. I, I, I saw the Sledster. I, I looked. Uh, I looked up Lewis uh, uh, online earlier today, and I saw some of his work. And I, I saw the Sledster. It's it's out. out there. Oh no, the Sledster is. But what I'm talking yeah. about these specific uh, 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 paint schemes. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's over here uh, te- teasing us. I know. And, you know. So hey, that's the thing is. I mean, and and you know what? I, I have a, a Facebook page. Uh, the custom crew. The custom that was crew. My brand for the Sledster. The custom crew. 
Okay, so you're so posting I have that stuff. Facebook st- page for that. Okay, we'll check it out. Yeah, because I mean that's kind of cool because you do have a long history, man. I mean, you're going back, you know, what three decades, years, man? I, <laughs> yeah, years. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and you know what? There's even just, you know, um, just even going through some of my old stuff. Like every once in a while, like I'm at my mom's house, we'll go. I'll grab an old, uh, you know, grab some of the boxes of photos, and I'll just go, oh wow, yeah. No, I'm gonna let me scan that. I'm gonna post that one day. You know, kind of save. Yeah, stuff. you know, there's, I, I mean, even though you know, what it's I would like, hope is. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say what I hope is that if I can get my daughter, you know, into uh, managing the website, you know, she'll start posting all that stuff. So I'm really, really working on her to try to get all that stuff together, because that's a whole another animal, which is you know, content loading. Yeah, and and you know what, and, and it also too just. Just from my experience here, I'm doing this podcast and and it, it's I'm doing exactly like what we're talking about. I'm trying to just document the past and talk to people with the cool stories and 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 put this big picture. You know, hopefully we keep do, keep this thing going and we talk to so many people and it's just like we build this big picture of just where it was at and 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 where it's going and you know. Um, but also, yeah, too, I'm all for it, man. That's you know, how when you let me know, I was like, I was all down for it. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, it's you know, I wish my dad was still here today. And I wish that I wish podcasting was a thing when he was alive. It just it just wasn't, you know, it it might have been a very, very obscure yeah, can, at that you, can point. Can you imagine? Oh, man. I like mean, if your dad had his own channel, like because, yeah, it's it would be like it, it's just like supplementary to just what else everything he would be doing at the time, you know. Um, and, and, and uh, well, we, just, just you and your brothers, like you and your brothers, like, you know, you guys already had a family thing going on in yeah. the business. And so obviously if, if social media was around when your dad was around, like you guys, you would be handling the site. And I mean, they're just, it would be huge, even though he already was huge. He was yeah. global. And, and you know what? I think uh, it's funny because the, uh, back Back when the show was on, I mean, social media was really forums were big, right? Yeah. So when the TV show hit, Discovery Channel had put up a forum, and then they kind of I think they gave everybody like their own login and, and and screen names and stuff, right? People from the show and like people like were, oh man, there was a couple people they would get on there and they they would be like these de facto uh, moderators, you know, but they weren't, and it was like. They would end up getting so pissed off, like, they call Boyd an asshole. It's like, yeah, dude, come on, man. This is a freaking forum about a reality show. Like, right. with about keyboard a warrior. It's like, dude, don't even, don't even respond to that stuff. Yeah, like, good. now it's just like, dude, I, I don't know if you you saw, but we, we did a set of wheels for uh, Kanye West, right? Yeah, um, I did see that. Okay, dude, it was so classic. I mean, it, it was classic because what had happened was I built a set of wheels for my wife on her Explorer a few years ago and she absolutely hated them. It was our L I named her name's Ellen and I named it the LN 11. And, nice. and you know what? It had little tiny windows all the way around it. And it was, it was, I was trying something new and it, there's other cars who are actually building a set of these for a C10 with auto revolution. And I think they're going to look badass on a square body. Okay. Nice. Her Explorer, maybe not so. Much. But what what I'm getting at is that she actually cried when I put these wheels on there. She said, "Why can't you put something or like everybody else would put on there?" I go, "That's not my business." Okay, 
I'm in the business of trying new stuff sometimes. I, hey, I thought it looked all right. But then we put a similar set of, Kanye picked a similar set of wheels that we, we redesigned and we put on his Lamborghini Urus and man, the comments that went over social media, people be like, I wouldn't, you know, from, from the personal end of it, like I wouldn't let that guy promote my product to like, you know, just, I saved a lot. I screenshotted a lot of the comments <laughs> they made about the wheels. It was just, we got to. Yeah, but we, at the end of the day, it's, Press, press, man. Oh, I know, because my wife was like, "See, he he picked the same the same wheels, and no one likes them." And I'm like, "No, he picked a different set of wheels." And I go, "You know, Kanye and I would was, was bring on the hate, dude. Yeah, Let's we, bring on the hate." He he should have had him uh, with it, a different finish. Had oh, he put, had he put a Cerakote finish you know, on but, there? But this is how I see it. Out of all the wheel companies he could have picked, he picked yours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, so for whether sure. people don't like the wheels or not. That doesn't matter. Well, well, he did take credit yeah, they, for designing them, though. <laughs> well, no, that was one website that said he designed them. But yeah, but we know what's what. We oh, know I know. And what. you know what? No, hey, no, let's put it I this know, way: if that car wasn't peach or whatever hell color, or like like some kind of tan, if was that like, was a black car, people would have been like, "That is badass." It was like hazelnut cream. It was like, yeah. It like, was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw the car. Yeah, it just and, didn't, it didn't have any I, contrast. I don't, yeah, I personally don't think Kanye has great style, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he doesn't think he has great style. Oh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really up to you know who owns the car or who's looking at it. I mean, it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder, man. Well, and that's the, know, he, he's not. This, yeah, he's not in the business. You know, he's not in the business uh, to just go along go with the flow he's gonna just go yep. he's, he's going this is what i'm doing today and guess what all you know 99.9 percent .9 of the people that are talking shit on his car or him on those wheels can't afford to do any of the things he's doing right so and then you know what yeah. what's he do you know i mean he, he he's in the business of just getting attention and and trying new shit you know, I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's he's the millionaire. I'm not. You know yeah, what I'm and, so. and, and that's and that's the thing is like with wheels. There's times where I, you know, I'll be honest with people when they call and they go, "Hey, you know, would that look good on there?" I go, "No, nah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it would." But there's times where you go, "Well, let's try it." You know, you try something new. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Or maybe it's just not the right fit. But hey. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't knock you one second for the wheels on Kanye's car because at the end of the day, you know, they're not Giovanna's, they're not Billet Specialties, they're not anybody else's wheels. They're your wheels. Now, it's Kanye's design, so what? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a feather in your hat that you did the wheels on his car. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, and you know what? I would, you know what? I It was one of those deals where I wish I, 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 I didn't know... I didn't know what the finish of the car was, but it was kind of like they were like, "This is what we want. We want you to 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 change this wheel and and to get it to fit on this well, car." You didn't even really think stuff. it was Kanye West. It was well, like, yeah, I, I didn't even know it was really Kanye West. His handler well, called you. Or I'll guess. tell you, I'll tell you, pretty much with with almost a hundred percent certainty, what's going to happen. That wheel is going to get knocked off, yeah. guaranteed, because it's Kanye's wheel, and someone else is going to make it. Well, remember, you know what I'm saying? someone's gonna mass produce it and knock it off. Well, remember, uh, it wasn't called the Tupac wheel, but remember the Tupac wheel that we made back in the '90s. Do you remember that? Uh, I I'd have to see it again. Okay, man. so it was on Suge Knight's car when Tupac got shot in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude, that they zoomed in on that yeah, thing. I, it, it was, it was, it was the. Uh, I think we called it the Imperial back then. 
Yeah, yeah that's still that that wheel still pimp though. No, that that wheel. That I, awesome. I still I still like that wheel. Hey, it's, it's a killer rim. Yeah, <laughs> bad joke. But uh, <laughs> dude, honestly, that was that was basically pre-internet. That was uh, you know that was where every television station had the same footage, so they all zoomed in on the wheel and they saw Boyd's, and then w- we were getting calls for weeks. They wanted everybody wanted the Tupac wheel, and we ended up making I think a cast version of it. I think we sold to American Racing, mm. you know. But uh, right on, yeah, not the best publicity you want to get, uh, right? But well, it's still publicity yeah, nonetheless, I mean, again, you know. Press is press. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not the best press, but it is what it is. Yeah, you know, um, if they're not talking about you, they're talking about someone else. Well, and and, and in, in our business. You know, they got to be talking about it. And, and that's the thing is, you know, when it comes to designing stuff, um, a lot of people, like we talked about earlier about the finishes on a wheel, you know, like you and I can talk and we can, we're talking the same language, you know, but uh, a, a lot of times when you're, you're, you're throwing design out there, um, you're, you kind of have to show, I mean, I, I'm going to totally screw the, 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 the saying up that Steve Jobs had said something about like, look, if you go, if, if you, I'm paraphrasing big time, but it was like if you were to go and tell people about the iPod, right? Like people would be like, what are you talking about? Like and talking about the design of it and all that stuff. He's like, look, people don't know what they need until you show it to them. Until you That's show them until you show them what they need. You know, he could he could have talked about it all day about an iPod and everyone's gonna need this. And they're like, yeah, what? Come on, whatever, dude. But then as soon as they saw how sleek it was, and then he got this touch dial and what do you mean I can load up 10,000 songs on this thing? Yeah. Like, I don't even know 10,000 songs. Yeah. Right? Um, what do you mean I get to throw my CD collection in the trash? <laughs> you know? What do you mean I can download yeah. music right now within but, seconds? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just it's just good design, and sometimes you nail it, sometimes you don't. You know? Um, yeah, like on the Kanye wheel, you know, it might not look good on the Lambo, but I guarantee you throw that wheel on a Ghost, the Rolls Royce Ghost or something on a Bentley, that thing's going to look awesome. Yeah, no, no you know what I mean. So I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I, we'll see what happens. You know, I say just keep doing what you're doing, man. Just keep pushing the envelope. You know, uh, we, we you should... ain't gonna please everybody. No, not a, I, yeah. Know, and let's I mean, get two chains on the phone. Let's see if he wants the rims and see if he can do it better. Yeah, yeah, it's better, right? Better combo. <laughs> well, what what uh, what can we look forward to seeing? Uh, well, besides anything that's not top secret. I mean, well, besides the top secret uh, stuff, what, what else? What else? Are we, is, is it, or is it all top secret these days? You know, my toy stuff. Uh, I've got some stuff in Little Tykes coming out that's already on the market. It's called Slammin' Racers. They're not the coolest cars, uh, but some of the new stuff that I've put in, you know, it is pretty cool. Uh, everything else is still under wraps, uh, unfortunately. <clears throat> Okay, well, and, well here, here, um, here's the deal, bro. When when the the raps when it can be public knowledge, we want to have you back on the show to talk about whatever it is that okay. you've been working on. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah for sure, man. I appreciate that. You know, I'm sure uh, the company would like that. You know, we definitely want to get the word out. Um, you know, again, I'm still designing toys for you know three, four, five, six year olds, but. At the same time, I'm always keeping in the back of my mind, hey, will a 16-year-old want this? Will a 30-year-old want this? 
Well, they display it on their shelf. And so I try to design with that mentality all the time. Is this cool enough for dad? But, you know, cool enough for the kid. And that's kept me going in this business, thankfully. You know, that mantra keeps me employed. Well, that's good, man. You're doing a good job, and uh, you always have. So thank you, man. It's cool, man. And I'm, I'm. Uh, well, it, is there any, uh, any? Well, we talked about the website. Do you even want to plug it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, TanaharaDesign.com. And, and uh, you, you, we promise by the next time you come on, you're going to have some stuff on there. I'll, you know, I, you know what? It's funny. I have a store. I pay for a store. I pay for a full blown site. But I only have like maybe four pages, a couple of illustrations, a contact page, you know, and every day I'll get someone emailing me, hey, I'd like to buy a T-shirt with this car on there or I want to buy a print. And, you know, for the most part, I try to fulfill all the prints. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just another reminder, you know, I got to set up my store. I got to set up my store. You know, what am I doing? This is all like residual income. No, for sure. I mean, it just takes, but, but you know what? It just takes it, it's it just takes time, right? It takes time and res- one of my resources. Fears, one of my biggest fears, um, and I know it's a it, it's kind of a bad way to look at things. I see a lot of guys that Instagram their artwork, and it's constantly getting knocked off. You got companies in China taking those images and putting it on T-shirts and putting it on mugs and stickers. And I hear them complaining about it. Hey, you know, why well, wish they wouldn't do that? And, I, and I'm just thinking to myself, why in the hell are you putting it up? Yeah, don't even put it out there. That, that solves that. Yeah. Huh? Well, it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Because yeah. if you're trying to keep your name out there, you got to post stuff up there. But Yeah, I have uh, on my website, I have a portfolio page. But the only way you can see the portfolio is you have to have the password. Oh, okay. So what I'll do is I'll text you the password so you guys can check it out. And that's where there's a lot of my stuff. Nice. But I don't want to have it out there for just anybody to see it because then they're going to take it, you know, and I'm very protective of my stuff. I'm, I try to stay under the radar. I try to stay low key. I really do. I've learned, you know what, when you're a celebrity or when you're too big, people talk a lot of crap about you. Uh, They they just want to knock you down. Yeah, that's it. Bunch of haters. And um, I'm over that. You know, I've had my fair share of haters. People say, oh, Lewis sucks, and he's this, and he's that. And at the end of the day, you know, I know how to make money for my clients with my designs, and that's all that matters. That's is, am I valuable to who I'm working with? Well, you know, it keeps me, keeps me driving nice vehicles. It keeps me in a nice house. and keeps me in a nice lifestyle. That's all you and can... nobody's got to know about it. <laughs> Top secret. Yeah, if you notice on my Facebook, I don't post any family pictures, any pictures of my daughter, any pictures of where I live or what I drive or what I do. Or yeah, nothing. I, I, yeah, I know. My it's like when people, my private life. people go out of town. Hey, yeah, we're in Hawaii. This is a great time, and it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna yeah, be we're gonna that. we're gonna be here for ten days. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll I don't good. do any of that, man. Well, you're doing a good job, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate we're it. We're doing you a too. good job, and uh, we'll, we're definitely got some stuff going on, so we'll be talking in the future here. But I want to, I want to okay. say thank you very much for coming on. Um, 
thanks for having you me. You know what? Really uh, it's it. it's cool, man. So. You're you're another piece of the uh, the the Boyd puzzle, man. You know yeah. that we're trying to put together here, and it's like uh, there were some cool times. Hey, do you know what though? If you can dig up that truck. Yeah. Would, would you mind sharing that if, with me? If you me? could do that or uh, any old Boyd, uh, maybe illustrations or renderings or sketches yeah. that you have. That oh, would be I, I have killer. it all, man. I still have it all. Yeah. All the old illustrations, I still have everything. That'd be sick. All the old Yeah, ads, we'll do a little catalog. We, we, can, we can hang a couple up here in the office. We need some uh, some decor. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be talking, man. We'll be talking. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, like I mentioned before, um, you know, I definitely want to plug you on some of my toys moving forward. You know, get some of your wheels on my toys. You know, I know it's not a major plug, but you just never know. No, it's cool. You know, you never know who's going to well, see and it. And also, too, it's, with it. It, and it's just like we said, these are things that, you know what, uh, those things may not be uh, a big money maker, but, at, but down the road, someone's going to look at that box 10 years from now or something and go, oh, Hot Rods by Boyd. Oh, that's, oh. Yeah, the way, the way I see it is this. When I design a toy car, I got to put a wheel on it. So I'm either going to make up a wheel or I'm going to hook up one of my homies and say, hey, Chris, I know you're doing big things. I'd like to feature your product on my toys. Yeah. And that's just, you know, a nice synergy. No, for sure. I like it. So definitely keep you posted. No, we'll do some stuff, man. Well, cool. All right, man. Have uh, You're probably still halfway uh, on the 10 freeway. You're still... <laughs> Yeah, I'm still, still on the freeway. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I live in L.A. Well, hopefully this car ride was a little bit more enjoyable. So, <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, guys. This actually made it a nice drive. Yeah, dude, Thank you're, you very you're, much. You're, this was a great conversation, man. It was really nice to meet you. Uh, dude, your art, your art, your your cars, they're, they're fantastic. And I encourage all the audience members to go uh, look, look, look him up online. Look up Lewis. Check out his stuff. He does great stuff. Great work. Thanks, man. Yeah, one last thing I wanted to say about my stuff. Um, yep. I don't know if it's on my website, but I, I created a Lamborghini Huracan, but I did it in a Moon Eyes motif. Oh, really? Yeah, dude, it looks sick. <laughs> it's Moon Eyes yellow with Moon Dance on it. Well, where, where uh, are we going to see this? Are you teasing us again? Uh, I'm never going to see it. I don't know if it's on, the, it's on my front page of my website. It might be. If not, I'll send it to you, but it's very, very cool. It's different. This is something different. Dude, that's you know something. Who would do that? You know what I mean? No, that's awesome. Well, and I'm gonna, so I'm gonna look up the well wherever I can find one. I'll see that Air Force One, Sledster. Yeah, you gotta see that too, dude. You know, and the Santa Fe that'd be kind of cool because that thing is train looking. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. But anyway, yeah, thanks again, thanks again for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Have a good evening. All right, you too. All right, Lewis. Talk right. to you. Thanks, Lewis. And right. that is episode Thank number you. 14 from the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast headquarters here in Orange. Thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.